Hello, and welcome to the Travels with Dante podcast. I'm here with Father Branson Hip, and I'm Donovan Kelly. That's me. And we are continuing right along our journey through Upper Hell with Dante and Virgil. Uh, we just talked about the gluttonous, and now we're in Canto 7, talking about the hoarders and spendthrifts, and the wrathful and the slothful. Yeah, so it's first interesting that uh, how quickly we're moving through. It was like one canto for lust, one canto for uh, gluttony. And then now like we're going to hear of two different, like the fourth and fifth circles of hell. And one thing that's interesting is even as they descend into this, first of all, Plutus is like, like weird nonsensical thing that he says, which is like playing off of like, instead of like God the Father, like God created, like this whole like Pape Satan, you know, like, this nonsensical thing but anyway like what's interesting is even the language used as we descend into like the avaricious the greedy like the hoarders and spendthrifts as he says like we descended into the fourth purse taking more of that sad embankment which bags all the evil of the universe so if we're talking about the greedy here like the avaricious those that like their idol their god was money like the way that he describes this circle is a purse like a coin purse that bags all of the evil ironic yeah like, the, the imagery is really, really good. And so then you have, like, the hoarders and spendthrifts. So those who were frivolous with their money and then those that were miserly with their money. But either way, the real problem is is that everything that they see, the lens through which they see life is, like, reduced down to, like, money, to greed. And so much of it, too, is interesting how there's more souls here, even than were, like, outside the gates of hell that were in lust, like, this is the most souls that Dante has seen so far. Uh, because I think, like, in our modern society, I mean, in our modern society, like, we, we tend to really disregard the effects of greed. Um, like, we, we have sort of caricatures of it. We have, like, Mr. Krabs, Scrooge McDuck. But, um, I mean, those are just... In, in some ways, right? Like, in other ways, people are obsessed with it, right? Like, Wolves of Wall Street, Uncut Gems, all of these shows about... Uh, generation hustle you know like all of the like like scam rap all, all of these things that talk about actually like unmitigated greed and what that does like the, the so they this is actually an, and especially like a lot of people's criticism of like unregulated capitalism but looking at like the experience of greed or like fixing one's eyes on money and so even like the imagery that Dante uses of again like hell is the place where you get exactly what you want but because it's not eternal love, it's hell. And so part of this journey is revealing like whatever idol we worship, whatever we give our heart and our lives to, what it actually looks like to give your heart and your life to it. And so here they're rolling these stones, the hoarders and the spinthros, like rolling these stones with everything they have and then crashing into each other and then criticizing each other where they're like, uh, you know, why do you fritter? Why are the fists so tight? So they're like criticizing each other, but either way they're thinking about money. And I was just struck by, like, they've spent all of their life in, all of their life on like the game of the marketplace, you know, and the game of money. And so this is what they get to do, right? This game of how do I overcome, I, I crash into the other person rolling my stone and like all of their life is dedicated to that. And so like this is what they get to do for all of eternity and the like pointlessness of it, of rolling the stone, which you had pointed out to me about like the myth of Sisyphus um, and like the pointlessness of this. And I, I, I am particularly with two things. One is you had pointed out 
that he's able to notice all of the clerics, like the priests there, right. because they're tonsured. They have mm-hmm. the like weird like bald spot on the top of their head, right? Okay. Yeah, and like they're able, to, so he's able to recognize. And he's like, "There's a lot of clergy here," <laughs> um, and part of that is pointing out like they are marked in a very real way to show that they are supposed to like they are set aside for God for the eternal, right? And yet here they are obsessed with the earthly. And that's kind of the nature of this idolatry is fixating on the earthly upon money. And like you can give your life to that, but it actually like you lose yourself. There's a lot of really beautiful lines in this. It says like he was like, they're so cross-eyed in his mind Mind. so they can't see straight, Right. right? And somebody like that's so fixated on just gaining money. It's like, first of all, what is this for? Because... Like, I know really, really wealthy people that are aging and will die. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it doesn't answer the question, what is life for? And what's the point of this, right? And then he says, uh, the know-nothing life that made them foul dims them beyond all recognition now. Right, so he's not even able to recognize anyone, which is why Virgil doesn't even, like, call anyone up to talk with Dante. Yeah, like, he he even, he's like... Yeah, he's like, this is not worth it. It's not worth actually looking at them. Let's not waste our time with it. They've lost themselves in this sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, even he calls it, like, they're bellowing out their poetry of shame, right? Because this irony of they're criticizing the other person, why do you waste money? Why do right. you, why are you saving money? But neither of them ask, like, what's the point of money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that point of where, where their opposing vices split them off, like, how just the whole idea of like vice being opposite extremes of one virtue whereas like hoarders and spendthrifts like hoarders people who have way too much money and then they know what to do with and spendthrifts who like just make money the end of like all things and like everything is everything is judged according to like money basically is both of them and that this is exhausting right he says like Never give a moment of rest to one of these exhausted souls. And I think about people I know that do a lot of like get rich schemes, right? How much time and money, how much time and money they spend trying to make a quick buck. Mm -hmm. And it was like, if you spent this much energy, like getting like a real job or like a real education, you'd do really, really well for yourself, you know? But in trying to like cut corners and things, it's exhausting. And that's one of the things I was struck by in the movie, like Uncut Gems of like, it, it's so exhausting trying to like balance all of the like greed and things that you're doing. It's it's exhausting, yeah. right? I imagine rolling boulders for all eternity would be as well. Yeah, ill giving and ill keeping snatched from them. Reminds me of Beyblade. Of what? Beyblade. <laughs> of what? Beyblade. What is Beyblade? Beyblades. You know, like the spinning tops that like you you throw them down in a a little like. Like a fidget spinner? No. Beyblade. Let it rip. Let it... I I have no clue what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, let's move on. (laughs) The viewers at home will know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, We'll get fan mail. Oh, Beyblade. I have no idea. Um, (laughs) You were saying earlier about, like, references of greed, and you're like, yeah, Mr. Krabs. I was like, I've never heard anyone be referred to as a Mr. Krabs as, like, an icon of greed or miserliness. Definitely is. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think, and one more thing before we continue, uh, just that, again, 
this is never Dante like even again people think of Dante as this like kind of dirtbag that throws all his enemies in hell but he's he's really trying to get at like what is the nature of the thing that we worship and is it worth worshiping or not what is worth giving your life to Monsignor Giussani said like the the one of the most loving tender things Jesus ever said was what profits a man to gain the whole world if he loses himself what is worth a man's life so Dante has to make this journey to ask like what is worth giving your life to and so we are really meant to like look at this and ask like in giving myself to like whether I realize it or not but in like the way that I live my life if I'm worshiping like sex or food or money or whatever just in like a real way like what do I give my heart to is it worth it and part of this journey of hell is Dante seeing things like in the eye and really looking at it for what it is. Mm. So to the like eternal game of capitalism of, or whatever, right? Of like, but not just like capitalism as a system, but like giving your heart to making money by winning out over others or exploiting others, that this is what it looks like is eternally like bumping stones up against each other, like worshiping the earth. Right, because that like we believe there's like a good way to like do business and to live one's life like in the marketplace but at the when it comes at the expense of other people like we see here and like it, it always leads to nothingness yeah yeah and like what is it and like skipping over the like question what is all of this for mm-hmm. um, okay so there's an interesting conversation about fortune but there's there will be more conversations about this you'll notice there's like scenes of like action and then these like conversations as they walk but then to like because we've got a lot in this canto, yeah. The uh, then we like descend to like the fifth layer of hell, which is of the wrathful and the like slothful together. And we see again like two opposite sides of the same extreme. Yeah. Do you want to say briefly about like what this like looks like for them? This like they're, so they're in the, they're in the swamp of the river Styx. Styx. Yeah. And so at the top you see all of these bodies basically clawing at each other and it says with the head the chest the feet and the teeth so they're engaging every aspect of their bodies to like do violence to their the people next to them um and that's who you see at the top but at the but the whole swamp is like bubbling and gurgling and what virgil tells dante is that that's because the slothful who are at the bottom of like this disgusting swamp and are just gurgling um, this this hymn that they're not even able to articulate. So the only thing that you see that of them is that like their breath coming out of the, the sludge. Yeah, man, so good. Like not like the but like <laughs> getting at the heart of like what these things are. So like it's it's two sides of the same coin, right? Of they're in the like river of like being dictated by like one's passion. So you have the wrathful, right? Who are they give in to anger in such a way that they lose all of themselves. And I think we've been like, people use expressions of like, I wanted to like claw their eyes out or things like that, of like yeah. being so angry Why about something. Why is that something. so common? It's, it's, you know, but like it gets out like the extreme of wrath, right? Yeah. Like I was watching Survivor and this woman was so mad at another one, she literally was like, this coconut is this guy's head mm. and machetes it gleefully, you know? She's so filled with rage. Yeah. Uh, but so like it's to like give in to all of one's like you give over your intellect and all of one's being in wrath so there's like they're they're being swept along the water but they're spinning all of it like like you know clawing at each other and using every single part of their body to vent give vent to their rage mm. 
right? Like every single aspect of them. Instead of like being in relationship, all of their being is like letting out this like rage on another person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that they gave into it and they like gave, like worshipped that in some way. And so this is what they get to do for all of eternity. And then the other side of that is the slothful right. who, uh, if you think about like the desire to like do nothing. And what's interesting is for, and you, you actually pointed this out that Virgil s- explains and neither group in this canto speaks on their own behalf. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, both the hoarders and spenthers and the wrathful and slothful, like none of them are capable of expressing themselves in a way that's going to be beneficial to Dante. So Virgil just skips over the entire conversation. Like he explains it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what I think is very interesting is, uh, especially for the slothful, uh, like even because I love we talk about this like I love the lazy river mm-hmm. right like to just like sit and float yeah. and chill my dream was like yeah like be able to like listen to Bob Marley and just like float along mm-hmm. uh, but like this desire to do nothing in such a way to where you're just like floating along and so the slothful get exactly what they want in the sense of they're like in this swamp right and all literally the only sign of their existence is the bubble of their breath yeah they get exactly what they want to do nothing. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that whole thing, like, you're a waste of oxygen. I think I think slothful, uh, like, the desire to do nothing is kind of particularly bad for students because a lot of our life is marked by periods of, like, intense study and intense movement and action, like, and then we have, like, we're given breaks. We're given, like, specific time, like, structure for this. Um, and, like, we just use that time to escape and like the desire is oh if i just get this done then i can do nothing and i just mm. want to do nothing because i don't like what I, where i'm at yeah yeah and i think like not just students but it's actually like a sign of the modern world mm-hmm. right where the highest good is doing nothing in some way after you've done what you have to do yeah. then you do nothing and that there is one of the, the little hints in here is like actually when when virgil is describing the slothful he says, such is the hymn they gargle in the throat. They cannot get the words out whole and clear. So first of all, this thing of like a hymn that they gargle out. I think in some ways, like one of the things you're going to see continually, especially after Inferno, is that in some ways we are made for song, mm. like singing the Psalms. There's going to be a lot of singing in heaven. And you see in like romantic comedies and things like that, like whenever somebody's in love, they begin to sing, right? Even like musicals, this idea of like some things can only be expressed through songs. Mm. I'm not a huge fan of musicals, but, like, I get the point, right? And uh, they, like, in both of these, right, neither of them says a word because to actually speak language, to, to like, figure out the words to say requires work. Right. And so the slothful gargle and the wrathful bite each other instead of speaking. And it's just really fascinating because, like, it is... Uh, to be able to express oneself however you want to do that through music through words whatever is actually a lot of work Mm -hmm. so it's this interesting paradoxical thing of like you have to work actually be able to like rest and even to like express oneself and they're not willing to do that neither of them are like willing to do that Mm -hmm. well that brings us to the end of our discussion of upper hell important stuff kind of wrapping up a lot of what we've seen through the lust the gluttonous horrors and spenthers wrath of unstoppable uh now we're going to be entering the damned city next time on the travels with dante podcast see you then.